Hi, I'm Marshall Ramsey. For years, I've drawn the most interesting people in Mississippi. Now, I get to interview them, too. Welcome to Conversations Podcast, where I sit down with the famous and folks who should be famous, and we just talk. Take one look at the artwork of today's guests, and all you can say is, wow. Glenn Ray Tudor is celebrated as one of the top photorealistic artists in the world. While native of Missouri, Glenn Ray has called Oxford, Mississippi home for nearly 45 years. So we think it's fair to call him one of our own. Glenn Ray, thanks for being here and thanks for making the trip down to the studio. Very pleased to be here. From your studio to this studio. Mm-hmm. Now, you have offered me a chance next time I'm at Oxford to come visit your studio. That's right. And I'm taking you up on that one. I'm glad to have you. Because as a, um, I guess as a uh, frustrated artist on my own right, I, I see your work and I just, I look at it and I just stare at it. It's just incredible. Thanks. So, we talk a little bit, I guess, the early days in Missouri, did, you know, because I know my mom, she pretty much figured out when I was about three years old that I, that I liked to draw mm-hmm. and that I had a little bit of talent. And so she shoved crayon and papers at me. Mm-hmm. Was that what kind of what happened with you? Um, I was certainly interested in it from the very beginning, uh, and actually, no one really encouraged me mm-hmm. to pursue art. Uh, I just did it. It's just fun. It's it yeah. what I wanted to do. Um, as I grew older, I started to discover other artists' work on paperback book covers yeah. and comic books and library art, children's books, etc. And so I started to sort of understand that people were making this. Right. You know, there was an artist was making this art. But honestly, by the time I was a, a t- mid-teenager, my parents were encouraging me to become a rock star. I like your parents. <laughs> <laughs> Not many parents go that direction. That's impressive. I, I had to fight them against it. <laughs> really? No, I want to have a sensible career. Yeah, I want to be an artist. Yeah. Oh, no, no, you, you'd be better off being a rock and roll star. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I know my dad was like, yeah, well, we'll be ready for you to move back in any time now. <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah. so, but I mean, so you didn't like have the standard teenage thing, well, I want to go play football, forget the art. You were focused on art the whole time. Oh, yeah, yeah. oh, yeah. Yeah, so you were taking lots of art classes no. and stuff? Or just, oh, really? No, okay. only on my own. Really? There, I, there may have been art teachers in town I grew up in, Kennett. Yeah. But, so I didn't know about them. Um I didn't see an original painting until I was eight, maybe 18 years old. Really? And that was at the Brooks Museum. I made a journey, heard about it, and I made a journey there yeah. to see it. And uh, that was my first seeing a, 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 an original oil painting. I don't know about you, but the first time I remember seeing an original painting, just I just sat there and just stared and, and noticed every brush stroke mm-hmm. and just wondered, how did, how did that artist do that? Was that kind of what your impression was? Uh, no. Okay. Uh, my, uh, I walked in and I saw all those brush strokes and how I saw, thought, well, I, I see exactly how this done. And I was yeah. extremely disappointed. You know, and I'm looking at Canaletto and Aikens and mm-hmm. all these supposedly great artists, and I'm just like, you know, I'm disappointed because I can see how it's done. It's like the disappointment I would have if I went to a magician show mm-hmm. and he it revealed how he did it before he did the trick. The magic is gone. Right. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. So if I walked up to one of yours right now, I, but you, you work so, you probably can barely see your brush. Strokes. I don't want you to see yeah. how it's done. You know, I want yeah. you to have, I want you to be affected by the art itself. Right. That experience. You know, if you go up to my paintings, you, you with a, ma- a magnifying glass, you'll see how it's done, maybe. Yeah. 
Maybe. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you and I, were, and we'll we'll talk about this in just a second, a little bit about what brushes you used. I mean, mm -hmm. sorry if I'm going to bring up this name because it's probably he's like the polar opposite of you. But you're not doing Bob Ross. You're not getting with the four-inch brush and slapping and making happy little trees or anything. No, no. Now, you have little tiny little brushes. Yeah. So I was amazed at how small brushes you use. Yeah. Well, you know, think about it. I, you know, it always takes me at least a month to do a painting. Really? You know, and that's working every day. Yeah. Um, the, the, the last painting I completed, I've been working on this book, uh, Portals, for the last mm -hmm. eight months. And... Um, I finished a painting in December, and then I started the book. Oh, wow. And, you know, gathering everything together for the book. And that painting took me six months to do. Wow. And so it depends on the size of the mm -hmm. painting, uh, the subject matter, and, of course, that unknown uh, ingredient where you, you just don't, you know, you're, you're solving a problem every day. Right. Many problems. Uh, sometimes you, you, you back up. You know, you, you make mistakes and you go backward and you come back and forth trying to solve all these problems. Things come into the painting, go out of the painting. One bottle rocket may not work, bring in something else. Uh, so it, it just, you know, it, you can't just, I just can't sit down and know exactly what is going to happen right. from day to day. If I were that type of painter, let's say if I were just reproducing a photograph, right. my paintings look photographic because you don't see how they were, right. you don't see the technique. Um, but if I were just to take a photograph and paint it, then I would just as soon be in a, an assembly line someplace. Exactly. Well, that's the thing. I mean, that's what's so, what I enjoy about your work so much. I mean, you really have a gift of metaphor. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's probably the main ingredient of my work, yeah. the metaphor. Yeah. It, I mean, it really jumps right out at you, and, and we'll talk about that a little bit, too. When you were, you know, the teenager and you were interested in art, were you painting at that time? Were you just drawing, or what was uh, it? Well, I was drawing uh, and, and working with, uh, uh, what's it called? Um, not gouache, but uh, tempera. Okay. You know, I, I yeah. found out about tempera, but then by the time I was about 15, yeah. 14, probably 14, uh, it was not a Walmart, but it was something like a Walmart, right. and they had an art, little art section, and I bought my first oil paints, and okay. I started using oil paint at 15, 14. So, and you bought prepared canvases at that point? Yeah, or, that, yeah. you know, those ones on uh, exactly. cardboard. So. Exactly. exactly. Uh, you ended up deciding to come to the University of Mississippi and study mm -hmm. art, of all things. So, mm -hmm. what, I mean, you were very, you were bought in at that point. You were going to become an artist, so you figured, but well, why Ole Miss? Um, I did. I started the college in, in Missouri. Yeah. Just out of high school, uh, but I didn't like it, so I dropped out. Okay. And I, I mean, I thought I, I wanted to be an artist. Right. You know, I, why waste my time with all these history courses and all this stuff? You know, let's get on to it. Of course, thinking that you're going to be rich and famous in a month or two, you're you're in for a surprise. Right. And so I went to work at various jobs. Uh, everything from baking, um, making baking donuts to working in a, a men's, uh, in a department store in the men's section. Uh, and then one of, the, one of my customers was a, a priest, Catholic priest, and he got to be friends. We got to be friends, and, um, and he said, you know what you need to do? He said, 
you need to go back to college and you need to go and study art, mm -hmm. get a degree in art, but don't stop with a BA. Go on and get the terminal degree, uh -huh. the MFA mm -hmm. in creative arts. Um, and he said, you can get a teaching job in a university and that'll give you a studio, a salary, health care, and time to paint. And so I took, I took his advice and that's why I went back to college. Where did you teach first? Well, when I finished the MFA in 1976, mm -hmm. I, I tried it on my own again. <laughs> and after um, about, oh, eight months of, of starving. And the whole starving artist thing the is true. The whole thing yeah. is true. Um, I went to work at a private school teaching okay. art and English. And, and English. And English. And English. When you're, I mean, you're, it, I can say as an artist, you know, you're drawing and everything. I don't know if I could teach somebody else how to bring their own talent out. Is that a gift in its own right, being able to look at a student and saying, you're really good at this, let's go this direction? Yeah, or, yeah. yeah that happens. Yeah. You know, I, I taught there for a couple of years, and then I taught privately for a few years. Mm -hmm. And by the time I was in my early 30s, I was starting to make it, you know, uh, enough money to, to yeah. just concentrate on painting. But it was just, it's, 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 you know, think of all the artists who can't make it, right. uh, have to have other jobs. I'm very fortunate that I, by the time I was 32, mm -hmm. you were already, yeah, I, you I were was painting sad. all the time. Well, I mean, that was back pre-internet, obviously. So self-promotion or promotion was difficult. How mm -hmm. did you get your stuff out there so that people could see it and you could make it? Well, I started showing, uh, okay, so I'm living in Oxford, Mississippi. Yeah. And I started showing Bryant Allen, who mm -hmm. had a gallery here in Jackson and one in New Orleans. And he started to sell, to sell my work. Okay. And then... Um, I can't remember what year it was, but it was somewhere around 83, I think. Uh, the World's Fair was in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. And there were uh, maybe half a dozen Mississippi artists who showed work in, in some part of that. Um, and I had a painting in it. And Alice Bingham had a gallery in Memphis. Uh, and she was the prime uh, dealer for art in this entire Mid-South. She saw that painting and contacted me and started to represent me in Memphis and okay. later in New York. And, um, and so she was selling everything I could, I painted. She sold everything I painted. I couldn't keep up. That's a nice problem to have. <laughs> yeah, it was very nice. One, and two, and you were really in a good position because you could paint what you wanted to yeah, paint. Absolutely. So you weren't in a commercial situation. No, yeah. no, no. No, I was pushing the boundaries. Yeah. I was, I was, you know, I was taking at first what could be called traditional subject matter, let's right. say a farmer, next to his cotton picking machine or something. Right. But I threw in the metaphoric thing. Yeah. And I, and I really pushed it into an avant-garde uh, area. Mm -hmm. yeah, and I was able to do that, you know, and sell the work. Right. Which is pretty incredible. I mean, uh, my guardian angel was, was with me. Well, that's the thing. You probably, at that point, you never thought about failure, did you? Uh, or you tried not to, I'd imagine. I mean, I have failure every day. Right. You know, so I'm dealing with, with that 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 um, wrestling yeah. match in the studio every day, but you mean overall failure? Oh yeah, just like, no, did, I, you're, I never, you're going I, back to making donuts. I, I, I just I just thought, I didn't, no no I just thought I'm you know I'm going to do it. You know I was born to do this, and so I have to do it. So uh, it's going to happen. You start out with landscapes, right? I mean, I like started off with uh, um, 
I had, actually, uh, in my teenage years, I was I was just doing your typical stuff, you know, yeah. castles and you know fantasy stuff, and then I started to to train myself, you know, I, yeah. I was painting trees and, and figuring out how to paint, the, you know, the detail mm -hmm. uh, and drawing, a lot of drawing. Um, and then I went through kind of an abstract phase in, in, uh, when I was going through college because the, the professors, maybe they didn't know how to paint. Right. Maybe they didn't really know how, maybe they came from the abstract expressionist school, um, 40s and 50s. Yeah, my mom went through that Okay, one. and yeah. so... They, you know, they really didn't want you to paint realistically. Mm -hmm. I, I suspect because they didn't know how to teach it. And so I did, you know, I wanted to get through school. I wanted to get through college and get on with it. And so I did what they wanted me to do. I, I, threw, I you know, explored the, uh, the abstract area. Yeah. And then, then when I finished college, I, I went back and I thought, wouldn't it be something if I could take the, uh, the single image approach? Mm-hmm a traditional approach and do something with that approach into an avant-garde area and that's that's what happened this is the cover of the book portals obviously um this was the one that took six months correct yeah yeah that's the partial it doesn't show the whole oh, that, painting oh wow in the book uh the last painting reproduced you see the entire painting mm -hmm. but that was uh, I had titled that painting Portals, mm -hmm. uh, and the publisher, uh, Larry Wells, who, who you know, approached me with the idea for the book, said, that'd make the perfect name for the book, because that's, that's what your work is all about. And I said, you're right, let's use it. Exactly. And you're like, done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, nothing else to worry about. Roy Lichtenstein was a, a, somebody you really admired. No. No? You did not? I, I, I hate thought, his work. Really? Oh, I yeah. thought I saw you liked it. No. So. Why do you hate it? Just oh, it's just silly. Silly? It's, yeah. it's just silly. I mean, he's basically just taking, uh, he's almost making fun of, of, a, of a comic book. Yeah. You know, he's, he paints the dots. Yeah. You know, that, that was a printing process. Right, exactly. No, it, yeah. And, and uh, uh, he, he reproduces a, a panel from a comic book, and that's the painting. Yeah. And there's no metaphor. There's right. nothing. It, it's pop art. Right. And pop art, uh, the whole thing about part, pop art is you take an image that has already been reproduced, a, a magazine advertisement. Or a soup uh, can. Uh, 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 like a Warhol and yeah, Elvis, you know, exactly. a, a, a picture of Elvis that appeared in a fan magazine uh, and just reproduced it. Right. And that's what Lichtenstein was doing. Yeah. Now, I don't like any of his work. Not, that's not, interesting. Yeah. Not okay. comic book things or, yeah. or any of his stuff. Right. But see, I... I I actually appreciate that. that I'm more. glad you brought that no, up. No, I am too, actually. And, and I'll tell you why, because, I mean, I've always told people that for what I do with editorial cartooning, that it's 80% idea and 20% art. Mm. And as good as your art is, I mean, the idea is really an important part of it. So mm -hmm. that, that was interesting a little bit. Talk about this is, um, number one, to get the... How do you, I mean, do you sit there and you put a marble down on a piece of paper to kind of get, I mean, how do you, how do you how nail do that start? so perfectly? How, how do I start? Yeah. Okay, I set up the still eye. Okay. You know, and uh, uh, start from that. Yeah. Uh, but I'll, you know, things change constantly. That marble may have started off down here, and I think the composition will be better by moving up here. Right. So that's day-to-day -day painting, yeah. moving. Um, all of the, I actually look at old comic books from I have a great collection of, of comic books yeah. from the 50s and 60s and so I'll look through the comic books and I'll find 
an image that I think will work here. Right. You know, of course, I improve the anatomy sometimes, make somebody look prettier, handsomer. Um, I'll take a, a, another image from another comic book and make that kind of show in right. the panel. And I, I do all the narrative myself. Mm -hmm. That's all oh, wow. for me. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. I, you know, I was, I was sitting here looking at it going, there's somebody who inks for a living, you know, and I was going, I wish I could ink that well. Well, let me tell you something. <laughs> that's part of the hardest, that, they may be the hardest part of the painting, is getting all those letters the yeah. right size. And, you know, you paint, you, paint, yeah. you, you get out of the line, you come back and you paint the background to correct that and mm -hmm. try over and over again. And doing it with oil, too, yeah. which doesn't dry quickly. No. So you, if you make that mistake, so, you, so if, you know, if you make a mistake, uh, you may have to wait two or three days before you can go back to that area of the painting right. and, and correct it or continue to correct it. This is, I, I mean, I'm, I'm just going to go randomly through these. This one is one that I like because I love eating here. The Beacon, oh. the Beacon Restaurant. Yeah, I, I, I had a date with a girl when I was about 16 years old, mm -hmm. and we ate at that restaurant. Really? Uh -huh. we, I was down visiting relatives from Missouri, and uh, um, New York Crowder, Mississippi, oh, yeah. a little town in, mm -hmm. in the, I guess you'd consider that Delta. Yeah. Um, I was visiting relatives there, and she happened to be a girl I'd met there, mm -hmm. And uh, we drove. We, we thought it was a big adventure to come to Oxford and eat dinner. At, that, at I think big, that may have been the only only uh, restaurant in Oxford at that time. <laughs> but it has Oxford has changed a little bit yeah. since you first arrived. Yeah, I a little imagine. bit. A little bit. A few more people around. A couple more condos mm -hmm. and and so forth. You do a lot with fireworks. Yeah. And um, talk about that. What's the What's the metaphor behind okay, that? Okay, the metaphor is is. Um, we're all going to change from what we are now. That's we're, true. We're contained in this body, mm -hmm. uh, just like the ingredients of that fire, or in that case, a bottle rocket, yeah. uh, is contained. That's made up of certain material, and it has certain contents. We're made up of certain material, and we have a content. Some people call it a soul. Right. You know, we're, we have a, an, uh, an identity, mm -hmm. and, uh, and we're, we have a life. You know, once we're born, we have a life, but it comes to an end at some point. And we will become something else. In my jar paintings, that's the metaphor, too. Yeah. Okay, and, and so we don't know what that is. Even if it's nothing, it, it, we're gonna, it's going to be a, a metamorphosis to something else. Uh, I, don't think it's, I don't think it's not anything. I think there's something out there. Right. But... Um, so you light the firework, and it becomes mm -hmm. something else. Right. And that's the metaphor. Let's go through here and see. Um, you do, like I said, you do, you've done several with the, the marbles. As you, as you can see, yeah. my approach to the, the, uh, using the comic book is entirely different than Lichtenstein. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, it's part of telling a story, too. I mean, oh, yeah. like I said, you're not just copying a comic book. You're no. in, the, in the text and everything else. Well, let's move away from him to, to more positive. <laughs> let's not, let's not, uh, more positive yeah. influences on you, though, because, I mean, you know, I think about me. I mean, Jeff McNally, for instance. You want to hear about some artists my that, that I like? Yeah. yeah. Who, who, uh, who I, like people, I like the illustrators, like uh, Wally Wood, uh -huh. who worked for uh, EC Comics, yeah. Mad Magazine. Uh, Mad Magazine big influence on me. Oh, me too. Uh, uh, artists, you know, um, 
All those artists. Jack Davis, Jack more director. Jack Davis, yeah. God Almighty. Yeah, Jack Davis uh, did motion better than just about any illustrator. Uh -huh. I mean, he could do caricatures well, yeah. although Drucker was probably a little bit better on that. But Jack could do motion like mm -hmm. nobody else. Mm -hmm. I mean, Will Elder. Yeah. Uh, yeah. One of my favorites. Mm -hmm. uh, a, a paperback book cover artist like Emish, Emish Wheeler. Yeah. And uh, Powers. Mm -hmm. uh, science fiction illustrators of the 50, oh, yeah. 40s, 50s and 60s. Um, who else? Uh, Verm uh, famous artists like Vermeer, mm -hmm. you know, very good. Um, I could go on and on and on. Yeah. But, I, but I've been influenced by, uh, by artists that I dislike, too. Really? Know? Well, you have to be influenced by everything. Well, that's true. By the bad and the good. So I won't, I won't name the ones... <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, you mentioned before, you know, why should I go to art school because I have to take all these other classes and everything else. But then you start talking about the soul and you start talking, you realize there is a lot more to good art than mm -hmm. just, just the technique. and the. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, no. Uh, I don't think, you know, uh, let's just say you perfect your technique. Yeah. Whatever it is, pen and ink, oil paint or whatever. Right. Uh, if... if that alone will never, ever generate a real work of art. Right. Technique alone will never make a work of art. It's the idea behind it. It's that something else. Yeah. It's, it's that thing that we really, well, if we could describe what it was or, or know how to do it, we'd have a recipe and, and, and you know, everybody could do it. Right. I was talking to an animator uh, at Disney, and he said, you know, and we were talking about cartoons and everything. He said, you know, it, it, we can sit there and and just make a cartoon just into a regular movie, but why do that? Just mm -hmm. shoot a regular movie if you're going to do that. Mm -hmm. With a cartoon, you got you can make you can you can break the laws of physics. Mm -hmm. You can do everything else. That's so. one of the yeah. fun. Well, I don't know fun's word, but that's one of the interesting aspects of of being an artist. Right, is is seeing how far you can push things. You know, too, and and and, uh, uh, and you know, and sometimes you can really be in a where you can feel these these things coming from. I don't know where they come from, but you start you see magic start to happen in this piece that you're working on, mm -hmm. and that's one of the greatest feelings that and finishing the piece that that there is, and and that's with all the labor that goes into producing and making a painting. Right. When you have that feeling that you've successfully made what you felt and, and started out to produce. It's such a good feeling that you go back into that uh, ring again. You know. You've done a series of paintings with, with canning, with jars, mm -hmm. and all that. And I love those because it's such a very southern thing, too. Because yeah. I, I, first time I, I noticed I was like, that reminds me of my grandmother's. Right, right. That. Well, that's why how I got the idea. Yeah. was uh, looking at my grandmother's can in her canning closet. And I, I would go, just as a kid, you know, four years old, and uh, just stare at those things. It right. was fascinating. And uh, as, a, as an adult, I started that series, I guess, when I was about 35 right. years old. Uh, I thought about those things. I thought, what's a metaphor for the human body and the mm -hmm. life that is contained in it? Uh, and I just thought of those jars, a perfect metaphor. As much as I admire your, your technique and your, your just how fine everything is, your ability to see things is 
I mean, almost without words, because I, I know when you, a lot of people that don't paint or don't draw don't understand this, but when you're, you're painting or drawing, you're, you're getting information from what you're seeing and you're trying to translate it and put it down there. But when you're doing the jars, for instance, you're seeing light sources coming in, you're seeing value, you're seeing shade, you know, shadows. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on and you're catching every single bit of it to make it this well, hyper-realistic. Uh, uh, I've been very fortunate to, to, to have been born with some kind of super eyesight. Yeah. And I can, you know, I can look at that setup. And I can see all the complexity of the light on the glass, yeah. and the light on the on the metal top, and the, what's inside the jar, all the colors, and yeah. every things are working to, all together. It's like an orchestra, you know. Everybody's playing playing a little bit different uh, notes, but mm -hmm. they all come together into this orchestrated piece of music, and that's that's how those things come about too. You, you, your work is sold all around the world. Your, your museums all around the world, but you live here. I live in Oxford. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. what I'm saying. You live in Oxford. Yeah. Why, yeah. why Oxford? Uh, I'm, I, I'm, you know, I've shown in New York and all those hot spots, you know, all through yeah. my 30s and on. And um, I just like the idea of being kind of an outlaw. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, saying, I don't have to live there. Yeah, you know, especially nowadays. Exactly. You can internet. live anywhere you want to. Yeah, yeah. artists can live anywhere. Your son is very talented also. Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. And he does the interview in the book. He, oh, cool. He conducts the interview. Yeah. Uh, he, he has the most, I'm going to plug him a little bit here. Well, yep, that's. Uh, he has the most popular art blog in the United States. Wow. Called Supersonic. Oh, he does Supersonic? Yes, that's him. I'll be darned. Yeah, and uh, he, he is, inter he, He's one of the main people in the younger generation in mm -hmm. the arts now, anywhere, right. everywhere. Um, he writes for arts magazines. Mm -hmm. He he curates um, art shows. Uh, he's something else. Yeah, I like watching you smile when you talk about <laughs> him. That's every father goes, yeah, that, that's my boy. That's my boy. A little bit. Yeah. Obviously, the book's coming out now. Congratulations. What's next for you? As soon as I can get this book completed, and and the the actual edition edition out, which mm -hmm. should be in about thirty days, thirty five maybe, um, I'll get back to painting. Yeah. yeah. Well, Glenn Ray, thank you for for taking the time to visit with us, and I look forward to the chance to get to visit the studio. I'm looking forward to it, too. That's going to be great. Thank you. Thank you. I'm Marshall Ramsey. Thanks for listening today. Subscribe to this podcast to be updated on new episodes. Conversations is produced by Mississippi Public Broadcasting.